Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very well. Got some last dregs of sunshine, I think, before before winter really gets into gear. Oh, it's gloomy and grey here in London. I had a very bad night's sleep, so I'm a little bit envious of sunshine. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. The cats are peaceful? For now. They slumber. That's good enough, I suppose. So yeah, so uh, last time we recorded, we were face-to-face. It's a little bit strange to be uh, back to this old setup. Yeah, it's always it, it's really good fun doing that, and it's it's strange going back and listening to the episode, and we just talk over each other and all this stuff we don't do yeah. when we're recording remotely. And there's nothing I can do on the edit if we've spoken over each other, unless I just cut both of our points, and I would never want to cut any of your hot takes. So <laughs> I just have to accept that I've spoken over them. Yeah, so what are we doing today? We're going to talk about an investigator. It's always fun doing these investigator-specific episodes. Okay, and we've just had a load of new investigators, so it's probably going to be one of the new hotness, I imagine? It is not one of the new hotness. It's very much one of the old hotness. Okay, the oldest hotness. This is going to be officially the longest gap between an investigator being released and us talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And so listeners are probably quickly running through in their head all of the investigator-specific episodes or just checking the tattoo they have that records <laughs> the names of the investigators that we've done. I'm imagining someone like uh, Guy Pierce in Memento with yeah, exactly. e- every single episode we've done tattooed onto their body. <laughs> yeah, they've maybe got a mirror with sort of written in ink on, that sort of thing. Yeah, they're checking and they're thinking it's probably one of two, right? Yes. I mean, we're two men doing this podcast, but we seem to have gravitated towards the female investigators and we've left... Roland Banks and Schizo Tool from the corset, undiscussed. We have, we have. So who are we going to talk about out of those two? Should we flip a coin? Uh, we, we could do, but I think the gamble will end up one particular way. <laughs> In suitable fashion, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about Schizo Tool, the ex-con. Exciting stuff. A, a man who's had a pretty poor rep for a lot of the history of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to just... Um, hit you right now unexpectedly with a little mental challenge here oh dear so think of agnes okay right think of agnes yes yeah so if i said to you right now you've we're playing event this afternoon you've got to build an agnes deck i imagine you can think of a few cards you put in there straight away yes forbidden knowledge pete sylvester maybe okay great similarly daisy yes old book of law (laughs) yeah have to pull out of my wendy deck and then if I said to you, think of Schizo Tool, and I'll maybe make this a little bit leading, would you go straight towards that thing of thinking, wow, people don't like skids, or, hmm, I don't even know what I'd do with skids? Or do you think now you would have a strong idea of where you'd want to go? I've got a better idea now after you messaged me in the middle of the night a few weeks ago saying, <laughs> I've figured out skids. Eureka! <laughs> <laughs> but before then, I think I would have just thought oh i need some fighting cards (laughs) let's have a look in guardian so i'll grab machete and on the hunt yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's quite possible so i I suppose what i'm getting at is that it's almost like uh, most investigators carry with them some kind of baggage around what are good cards in that investigator and how do they want to be played but i felt like what skids carries around with him is baggage around him not being good and like i want to tackle this head on because i think 
There are probably various different reasons that have combined to give him this reputation of being bottom of the pile. And I think the weight of those sort of negative expectations has meant that people haven't explored skids as much as they could have done. And, yes. and I should caveat that I think that there are some great skid decks out there. And I know there are various players in the community who've kind of swum against the current and said, well, let's get to the bottom of this character. So I suppose I bring up all of this because I want you, the listener, to keep in mind as we talk about this, try and keep an open mind and uh, keep in mind that there are these different hurdles that Skids has to jump over that other investigators don't seem to have to jump over. I think one of the things is definitely there's a his card pool makes mm. you think, oh, he's a fighter. Yeah. He's got low willpower, so he prefers drawing monsters in the mythos phase anyway. Mm, and yeah. he's got he's only got three combat, which makes it hard to fight. So, but but he does have that guardian pool he's got access to. Yeah, so there's like an immediate conflict, isn't there? He's yeah, a guardian, but is he? Yeah. yeah, and I think if you try and force him into that role, he struggles because he has got a relatively mediocre combat score. Mm, yeah, I mean, people were saying. Uh, just by way of example, that now that Tony was coming out, Skids was going to be completely overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. And like, particularly in terms of combat, Tony has two combat points up on Skids just from the get-go without anything else added to that before yes. you even factor in weapons. So, so yeah, I'd say, yeah, it probably is overshadowed, but that also in combat. implies <laughs> that you think that Skids is a combat investor. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Tony also has two agility Mm, yeah, <laughs> and we've both played played Tony and been in situations yeah. where if only I could evade this enemy. Yeah, just it, you're getting a little bit swamped or whatever else. And that's all you want. Well, we've we've slightly beat around the bush of reading out Skids's card, and we've I think we've mentioned nearly all of his statistics. Yeah. So shall I just read his card out, and we'll we'll go back to basics. Please do. This is Skidzo Tool, the ex-con. He's criminal traded. He has two willpower, three intellect three combat, and four agility. He has a free triggered ability. During your turn, spend two resources. You may take an additional action this turn. Limit once per turn. Elder Sign effect, plus two. If you succeed, gain two resources. I didn't get out of the joint just to watch the world end. Eight health and six sanity. So, so remind us briefly how Skids ended up in prison. <laughs> good test skids hadn't planned on a life of crime but sometimes doing the right thing means getting your hands dirty the cops didn't care that skids needed the money for his mother's operation his mother died of her illness during the second year of his sentence and then it goes that's the first yes. three lines of his flavor so his mother was unwell and he turned to a life of crime to support her and then when he gets out of prison he still has these hospital debts hanging over him yes Absolutely. We'll come to those in a minute. <laughs> Jump the gun a bit yeah. there. But his cellmate in prison is the one who's talking about the end of the world and the old ones and stuff like that, right? And then spontaneously combusts. <laughs> of, of course. Yeah. That's, uh, is that an important detail? That's why you can't ever run kerosene in skids, because he's very <laughs> <upset about> <laughs> That stat line, let's, let's go back to that stat line. Two willpower... We remember back in the corset days that that was a bit of a problem. Three intellect and three combat are fine. They're average. And I would go so far as to say 
I think three intellect is sometimes underestimated. Three intellect's pretty all right if you're a secondary cluer, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Or, or you're a fighter or someone who just has a spare action to try and pick up a clue off a two-shard location. Yeah, it's worth a punt, isn't it, with three intellect, depending on the difficulty and penalties yeah. for failure. And there's plenty of locations that have got one shroud. Yeah, yeah, you're two up then. That's lovely. And then that's three combat. In the corset days, we we only had one four combat character, Roland. And then three combat was the next best thing. Skids was second place for combat. And even Agnes only had a combat of two. So, yeah, it's again, it's average. It's not something to write home about, really. But with a bit of boosting, maybe it could get higher. And then there's the stat that most people forget about. Agility. And I realised that when we did our evasion-specific point, when we were talking about Rita, we sort of did a section on evasion. We didn't even mention Skidzo Tool. Did we not? Oh, poor Skids. We mentioned all the four agility characters. Did we get one of our rabid Skids fans writing in to complain? No, I noticed it in the edit, oh, okay. and I, I put in the show notes that we'd missed out on skids, yeah. So we, we, we dodged that bullet, at least. That was a turning point for me as well, and thinking, how long have I been playing this game? And I've thought of skids' agility as a defensive stat that's nice and maybe helpful, but it was only really with the advent of Silas and Rita that we started looking at combat and agility in combination and started saying, if you have high physical stats, you're really good at handling enemies. So that, that I think, was a turning point for me around Skids, and I think we'll talk about that more later on. So what do we make of his ability, then? It's really good, I, is my headline. He's out of the gate, can have an extra action if he needs one. Seems pretty good. Yep. Costs two resources, so it gives us a sense of how much an extra action should cost. Yeah. Uh, which is useful. One would feel uh, too cheap, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah. two, two feels perfect. And his Elder Sign effect complements it really nicely. It's a decent boost. A plus two is pretty good for an Elder Sign effect. And if you manage to pass, you get two resources, i.e. another action, which is really good. Yeah, what what do you think of his ability? It's, it's so simple. It's funny to return to an investigator with, you know, nice big text on their card. It's 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 tricky sometimes. It it steers you down a path in skids of building a deck that has a lot of money, mm-hmm. because then you're more free with this ability. When I played him more recently, I found myself using this ability a surprising amount, and you just yeah. think, oh, I just need an extra action just to move into that location, be there for next turn, or just do that last investigate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's easy just to throw the, the two resources into that. Yeah, but you really do need a very strong economy to keep up with it. And I think the old saw is going to come out here, which is the extra action is only as good as what you spend it on. Yeah. So so if you spend two, this is the worst case example, if you spend two to, to gain a resource, <laughs> yeah, that's not great. You're just throwing resources away. And people would argue that if you spend two just to draw a card, you're maybe also misusing the ability. I think I think we'll go into that more because I think sometimes if you're using your resource advantage to generate card advantage i don't think that's necessarily a bad yeah it depends how many resources you've got yeah absolutely so that that direction that it points you down can you tell me a little bit more about that i suppose i want to know does that mean that you've made decisions in deck building around what you do and don't include because of his ability 
Yeah, I think so. I, I, it would certainly have a lot of uh, a lot of resource generation in my deck. The, I, one of the questions is, which is a hard one to tackle, and I don't necessarily have an answer. Is do you, do you use Leo mm. for potentially five action turns? But also, yeah. Leo is a really big uh, economy hit mm. and takes up an ally slot once you've played him. If so, if you play Leo, cost six. So he's the equivalent of three free actions for skids. So over three turns, you've you've missed out on taking your extra action potentially. Yes, but you've you've got it anyway. And after that, it it kind of works out the same. Yeah, and you've got some soak. And you've got some soak. Yeah. But if there's another ally you might really want to play, which I think we can come to later, mm-hmm. how do they fit in alongside that? Let's um let's pin that thought for now, and we'll flip him over. Do you want to read us the back of skids? Yeah, absolutely. So deck size thirty, deck building options. Surely everyone knows this by now. Let's run through mm-hmm. it. We have rogue cards level zero to five, guardian cards level zero to two, and neutral cards level zero to five. So he's the classic core set dual class investigator. Mm-hmm. Deck building requirements do not count towards deck size on the lamb. Hospital deaths and one random basic weakness. Little bit of trivia: if you have an early edition of Arkham Horror, the card game, his rogue symbol on the back of his card is not the kind of two diamonds; it's a knuckle duster. Yeah, yeah, it's an old. It was the previous rogue symbol, wasn't it? I wonder. I'm, it it takes me down all sorts of avenues of thought. Did they really want the rogues to be kind of brawlers early on? And it's fascinating that rogues really didn't end up that way until Tony. Yeah. With a few sort of notable exceptions. You know, Jenny is not really a brawler. Seth is definitely not a brawler. Finn's not a brawler. So maybe they just decided that that didn't really fit the faction as well as they thought it would. Yeah. It's just a cute detail. Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should, should we look at one of the, the two cards we've just mentioned? The signature yes, cards? Yes, please do. Yeah. Do you want me to read one? Yeah, please. Should we look at On the Lamb? Hmm. So this is On the Lamb, a one-cost event with an intellect and agility and then two wild pips. And it is a tactic. Schizo tool deck only. Fast, play after your turn begins. Until the end of the round, non-elite enemies cannot attack you. I ain't going with a pen a second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to John Pacer, the art. I, I love the art on that. Yes. I think it's such a cool kind of... I love the darkness around his eyes yeah i just think it's really good it's it, like you can see him sitting in a diner at night avoiding avoiding enemies can't you mm, yeah a real lone wolf he's not a uh, tucked up in bed at night <laughs> living a nice life he's maybe yeah not even out during the day and sneaks out at night for a cup of coffee and then is walking the streets and up to no good oh, i just think it's really good it's really to me, it also gives this sense of skids as maybe a little bit dangerous, a bit of a bruiser. Yeah. Which his art on the his main card makes him look like a sort of sophisticated gentleman. But when you see this art, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a bit mean. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the ability except itself. So this is an... <laughs> it's going to be horrible and say, so this is an unexpected courage. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's also a, a streetwise boost. It's a plus three intellect or a plus three agility yes now it's interesting the two those two stats though isn't it and the streetwise stats 
Because what stat isn't represented there, aside from willpower? Combat. Bingo. So, so we always had this image in, in our heads of Skids as somewhat of a brawler, especially with that Guardian access. He's going to have yeah. his machete out and stuff like that. But his signature card doesn't boost his combat at all. Mm-hmm. And we often find that these these signature cards, their icons are often related to the relevant stat on the investigator. Mm, yeah. I mean, you think about Seth, Painted World is willpower, agility and wild icons. Yep. Her two good stats. Tote Bag is willpower and intellect. Yeah. What's the heirloom? Is the heirloom... That's willpower, combat and wild. Yeah. yeah. So, so and that, you know, she's, she's an offensive mage, Agnes. So these often yeah. give us a hint about the direction the character goes in. And notably, mm-hmm. combat isn't on there. Yeah, there's this little clash, isn't there? You've looked at the back of Skids' deck and you're like, oh, Guardian, that's probably fighting. And then you go and fetch his signatures and you look at On the Lamb and go, uh, is it? Yeah. So his ability, so this ability, I really like, you, you can only play it after your turn begins. So you can't play it in Mythos. But then it lasts until the end of the round. And what's important to note there is that that means any enemies engaged with you in the enemy phase won't hit you unless they're... Uh, elite so you can do this rather strange thing of kind of being an enemy magnet yes and having a turn where you can just go about your business as though they aren't engaged with you yeah because the the main thing that enemies do when they're engaged with you is hit you either through attacks of opportunity or through attacks in the enemy phase it also means that retaliate gets turned off when he plays this so if you are doing a fight and you're worried about your low combat you can potentially protect yourself with on the way. Yeah, unless, of course, your enemy's elite. I do remember using this to great effect in uh, Night of the Zealot, in the last mm. scenario, where you have the cultist drop. Yeah, they're all non-elite. Exactly. Skids can just go pick them up, move into a forest location, and then drop them all off next turn, leaving the path yeah. clear for the other investigators to move directly through it. Yeah, even if he doesn't move anywhere, if they've all engaged him... They're not engaging anyone else. Yeah. Everyone else can trundle past. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can on the lamb and pull enemies with you all over the map. Yeah. If you've got any effects that uh, punish enemies for moving into certain locations. So in Rougarou, uh, the swamp leeches, if they leave bayou locations, they yeah. just get discarded. You can do cheeky things with on the lamb where you kind of attach them to you and then drag them the wrong way yeah i must admit i i often tend to use this as uh to commit to a test mm-hmm. which i think is is fine uh it's it's a good card to have because it's three icons yeah uh, a lot of the other similar signatures are just two icons so it's two mm-hmm. relevant skill icons and a wild icon so yeah this being three icons for an intellectual and agility test bearing in mind what we're going to build skids to do it seems seems good uh, and it's quite a it's a powerful ability in the right situation, but that situation sometimes doesn't come up. And I wonder if it's a little hint there, just to add to that, about succeed by two mechanics. That he's got an Elder Sign effect that gives him a plus two, and he's got a signature that if you commit it to the icons, it's giving you a significant boost. So if you're if you're playing your cards right, you might end up really overcommitting to a test, but if that's a test that you've put succeed by two into you can reap a lot of rewards. Let's look at hospital debts. Yeah, let's. So this is a weakness. It's task-traded. It reads, Revelation put hospital debts into play in your threat area. Free trigger. 
Move one resource from your resource pool to hospital debts. Limit twice per round. Forced, when the game ends, if hospital debts has fewer than six resources on it, you earn two fewer experience for this scenario. This is a ho- to my mind, horrible one. Of the one. Nastiest, yeah, yeah, it's really one of nasty. The signatures. Yeah. We talked last time about Tony and his ability is at its most basic level six additional resources over the course of the game. He's got six bounties. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. hospital debts is the inverse of that. It sucks up yeah. six resources. If you played two emergency cash, all they're good for is putting them onto yeah. the hospital debt. Now, what's really worth stressing here is your ability to use the triggers and action abilities on weaknesses, treacheries mm-hmm. at your location, yeah. whether or not they're in your yeah in other people's threat areas. So someone else can move resources onto your hospital debts. In four player, that means the hospital debts are often not too much of a burden. And the only thing you're worried about is drawing hospital debts that, without last, enough time yes. yeah, to clear them. Because it takes three turns minimum to get the resources on because of that limit twice per round on it. Yes. So that's, I find, a little bit like when I play Roland as well. If I'm getting towards the end of a scenario, my fear of cover-up or hospital debts increases and then I probably slow down my card draw if I've not seen that weakness yet. And it's really a weakness. I quite like seeing hospital debts early. I know I've seen it then. And then once I know I've got my resource generation under control, I can start slewing resources onto hospital debts and get it done. It does what any good weakness does, which is force you to think about it. I suppose that's all I can really say about it. Uh, Is the limit not um, per player? Oh, it's not group group limit twice per round. So, So you... I always assumed that the limit was was hospital debts limited, that that free trigger was limited. But I think you might be right, yeah. It's the same as, you know, spending an action to heal damage. It doesn't change that if you're playing solo or two-player, you need two or three rounds to clear it. But in three or four-player, you could technically all do it in one round. Comes out in the final round and three separate people, even four people could all chuck something in, couldn't they? Two, two, one, one. Well, it's still pretty okay, bad. Yeah, that, that makes it <laughs> it's a lot of money over the party. And the fact that, yeah. unlike a lot of other weaknesses, yeah. I don't... I I must have cleared this myself, but it feels like every time I've cleared it, it's been because of other people in my party committing cards to it. Mm. And too, too yeah. fewer experience feels horrible. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. That is a real penalty. Like, maybe, I think the only other penalties that I think are as bad are taking trauma where you don't have where your health or sanity can't really handle it. Yeah, yeah, I think we both know which one you're talking about there. Yeah, a catchy with angered spirits. I was thinking about cover-up. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's nasty as well. But yes, this two fewer experiences really mean, really mean. You compare it with Joe with Unsolved Case, that costs him two and an action to play, uh, potentially loses him a clue, but that's also... Of one where he loses experience if he hasn't dealt with it. Yeah. uh, Obviously, he has to handle it rather than other people, but it's slightly milder. I I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always. I mean, the worst the worst time for it to happen is if it comes up when you've got no money, Mm -hmm. and you have to do resource, resource, play, and solved case. Mm -hmm. That's that feels like a horrible turn. But even then, it's it's I guess four actions because it's two for the resources, one to play unsolved case and then want to pick the clue back up again 
if mm-hmm. that's yeah. possible. And in fact, if it comes out when you've got no clues at all, you just play it. It just taxes you a single action. Mm. That's really nice then. So yeah, this there's no situation where hospital debts can come out and it doesn't tax you or the group six resources. Yes, exactly. There's, there's no option. You, you might be that you're just all very rich, so you clear it very quickly, but you're still paying that six. It's yet another reason to pack skids full of good economy, right? Yeah, and so let's move on to this this thing that we were hinting at at the start. So skids' ability is a way of spending resources for actions, and skids' weakness requires you to spend resources. So one of the blind alleys that people have gone down, I think, with skids are packing his deck with resource generation, yes, but then other things to spend resources on. So perhaps that's expensive weapons, maybe an expensive ally, maybe it's skill boosters where they're planning to put all of the excess resources they generate into passing tests. I've seen physical training very often in skids because it supports his willpower and his combat. And what that means if you're spending those resources either on building an elaborate board or on paying to pass tests is you don't have a pool of resources to trigger his ability and you don't have a pool of resources to clear hospital debts when the time comes. The very worst feeling playing a skids is wanting to take that extra action or that extra action being critical to take Mm -hmm. and not having the resources to do it. Absolutely. Okay, I I tell you what, Frank, let's take a step back. That fateful night where you called me and said, well, I think you messaged me. I love how this story is getting more and more convoluted. (laughs) When you ran to my house, you'd been travelling through the night by horseback. I got got the telegram that said, (laughs) have figured skids, stop, (laughs) call immediately, stop. What was your revelation about skids? So the background was I wanted to build a skids deck and play it solo in Circle Undone. And as I often do, I'd sent you a preliminary list and we'd messaged each other about what skids good for, what guardian cards maybe work well in skids, which don't. And I think it had looked a lot like a lot of my other skids decks. We talked a lot about not putting too many resource draining cards in and the favours were just out. So it was like, oh, well, we've got Intel report. That's a testless clue or potentially two testless clues. But it's also taxing skids the money he'd be spending on actions. So is it worth it? Anyway, that that was sort of the starting point. And I'd played the deck a couple of times and it really didn't feel like it was doing very much. And notably, I hadn't really been using his agility for anything. And I thought I had such a good time with Finn and Finn was so good and Finn never killed anything. And that was fine. And I think the sort of eureka moment, if it was one, was saying, well, Finn and Skids, their stat line is almost identical. Finn has a little a little bit uh, lower willpower, but a higher higher intellect. So what if I were to take my Finn deck and put it in Skids and see what's missing and take that as the spine of the deck and make Skids into a very agility-focused character? Yes. That was kind of the headline. Finn gets a bonus action every turn, which he can only use to evade. Skids gets an action every turn, which he can use for anything. It could be an evade, but it doesn't have to be. Yes. But the difference is that he has to pay for it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. At its heart, then, I was thinking, well, if I take the great economy that we have in Rogue, hot streaks, lone wolves, maybe investments or paydays, I'll be making all the money that I was making as Finn. 
but I could use that money even more flexibly, either to draw more cards or to have more attempts at investigating, to make sure I cover the board well enough, and maybe to evade if I'm drawing enemies. And I can be pickpocketing those enemies to generate more cards, get more resources. That was kind of the, the heart of it. And then the question was, well, what does Guardian add to a deck like this? Because I'm missing out on those five Seeker Survivor cards that Finn would have. And what does Guardian add? <laughs> I was hoping you'd answer that. Well, after, after we chat about this, I got pretty excited by Skids as well because I'm very easy to get excited about things. <laughs> so I built a similar deck. I used your deck as the basis. And then I I played that... Well, we're still ongoing the campaign, actually. We're going through Return to Carcosa with it. Mm. So that's in a team with Pete and Diana, I think. Okay. So actually that took... Because that's the team, it took a lot of the fighting pressure off me. Because mm, the other yeah. characters... Pete, you know, was relatively fighty. Diana was quite fighty as well. Um, so, yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. Diana was a fascinating one to watch being played well. We'll have to talk about her in the future. Yeah, add it to the list. But I think my, my only... What did I take? On the Hunt. Mm-hmm. Scene of the Crime. Scene of the Crime and Take the Initiative. So in reverse order, you've got things to shore up your willpower. Yeah. Things to get clues of enemies around and yep. a way of finding enemies. Yes, exactly, yes. Yep. And I also had... Two pickpocketing level twos were one of my priorities to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you end up with this funny situation. It's it's exactly the same as Finn, where an enemy turns up and the your fighters there, you know, grasping their fire axe, saying, "Right, well, I'll just deal with this enemy first. You're like, "No, no, 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 hang on. He's got something in his pockets I can use. <laughs> yeah. Let me evade him first. Profit first. Yeah. Then <laughs> deal with him. Yeah. And actually, I think a couple of times towards the end of the scenario, I've been there with the lucky cigarette case as well, mm-hmm. two pickpocketings, and then wanting to get money to help finish the scenario, but not wanting to draw cards, because I know hospital debts is somewhere still in my deck. Mm, yeah, that's exactly the, the issue there. So then you've also set up an engine where tests are getting you cards and resources, so you don't need to spend your actions on cards or resources. So you can instead spend your additional actions on getting more clues or dealing even better with enemies, maybe you're paying to sneak attack enemies or things like that, you can be running around the map more aggressively because you know you have the actions to get back. And it feeds into this almost like skids, highly caffeinated skids, where he just has lots to do. And to an extent, it it feels nice and thematic as well. So I I think you did the same, where we both took Lola Santiago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which boosts his two primary stats if you play him as uh, like an evading clue getter. Yeah. And again, these are the two stats. They're on Streetwise. They're the, the icons on his, his signature card. So it, everything seems to fit together quite nicely. Um, and then when you've got lockpicks as well, lockpicks and Lola means you're investigating at nine. Nice. And <laughs> One if you, short of skids, yeah. Of Finn, rather. Yeah. If you've got your uh, your cigarette case... So you succeed by two. You don't lose the charge of lockpicks. Cigarette case triggers to give you a card. Yeah. It all just seems to fit together really nicely at that point. There might be some people listening who go, well, I've thought this about Skids already and I've been playing that. In which case, completely acknowledge that we're not the first to have come up with this and that this has been really staring us in the face ever since Skids has been around. But I do think there's been this expectation that Skids is a fighter 
that has been really hard to shift. And it's with only a few notable exceptions that people have really been pushing against that. I've seen a couple of really good skids decks that essentially have no assets. They maybe have a flashlight and a lone wolf and that's it because they want to slew all of their resources that they generate into extra actions and into being mobile. And the way they deal with enemies is by evading them. And they either accept that they're just leaving VP enemies out there, or maybe they have some kind of rogue events to deal with them, which I think is a really cool way of playing. It's like a reminder that there are so many different ways to play the game. And just, I can't believe it's been staring us in the face as well. Like you say, the icons on On the Lamb, and then when Streetwise came out in Dunwich, it was this hint, you know, that rogues were a faction for intellect. Like Of those skill boosters, we had Keen Eye for Guardians, where they could boost intellect. But then the only other two that boosted intellect were Higher Ed and Streetwise, not Scrapper, not Blood Pack. You know, rogues are a faction that get can use their intellect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, it's it's like almost using their wits, isn't it? Wits to survive. Yeah, precisely. I think yeah. a couple of cards have come out. So, so pickpocketing two, I think, was a really key piece mm-hmm. in making a, a pure evade character in rogue really valuable or really worthwhile because it gives you that payback for evading. Because yeah. to an extent, evading can be an emergency action when you've got too many enemies or if you've got an enemy that you just want to get rid of and then move away because it's not going to hunt you. And if you boost the value of the evade action in itself, the whole archetype becomes more appealing. Mm, Yeah. It's an action to evade, but then also gets you a card or also gets you a resource. So it's no worse than having just drawn a card or gained a resource. And it also softens the blow of, you know, sometimes you might evade an enemy and the thinking behind it, the logic goes, well, I'll evade this enemy and I'll move on because if I stick around, I may as well just have killed the enemy you know, yeah. because I'm, it will engage me again. I'll need to put another action into it. It will get you know, time-consuming here. Whereas if your evasion has given you a card or a resource or both, it's like, ah, oh, I actually don't mind staying here and running rings around this enemy. It's actually empowering me to be kind of have the adrenaline pumping and to be sneaking around this enemy this is what i live for i'm a criminal i enjoy the the sort of sneaking around and the thrill of the chase and all of that and that leads us quite nicely into what do we enjoy about playing skids i enjoy slightly going wow he's actually really fun like i enjoy that sort of playing against expectations yeah but then i also really enjoy how flexible he is yeah I think the, the the key word for me, and I think I've said this about Finn, is that he feels slippery. Mm, yes. That he's he's very hard to pin down when you play him as as a, a high evade character. His enemies appear and he just like just flows past them like water, picking their pockets as he does. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. So Skids might be a good home for the moon, the rogue tarot card, particularly if you can get it for free. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yes. The million-dollar question, then, is, to, to my mind, is what do you do with all those actions? Well, this is, this is always a difficult one to answer, isn't it? So the, the previous question was, what do you do with all those resources? But for skids, there are two things. There's paying for hospital debts, and there's having an extra action every turn for the remainder of the game. And I should just add to that as well that I've had experiences solo where the first half of the scenario I'm just generating resources and taking three action turns 
and I reach a point where I know I can pay off hospital debts and maybe there's say it's a 18 turn scenario I know I've got nine nine turns left at that point I'm just paying two every single turn to make sure I, I get the best out of the scenario and I have actions to spare because it's limit once per turn you can kind of just start hitting that button and you're just skids on speed and powering through anyway yeah so but what do you do with those extra actions that's the question I hope you're not expecting me to have an answer to that question, Frank. <laughs> I thought that's what you were working on all night. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had this this problem in quite a few investigators. We we both said this about Tony, that we had five action turns, and then you kill an enemy in two actions, and you've got three actions just to wander around. I think with, with Skids, you can build him so that he can reliably investigate. So if you've got yeah, lockpicks and flashlight... Yeah, and <clears throat> maybe down as well. Yeah, there's almost always a location you can investigate to get a clue off. Mm. If you're skids as well and you're using Lola to buy clues, which you might be depending on how your resource generation has gone, using spare actions, like any downtime actions just to generate resources is always good, I think, as well. Yeah. You know, that spare action to cash in your investments feels a lot nicer than kind of panicking about that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely one thing I found. I'm going to propose another option yeah. for what you might spend those actions on. This may be more thematic than anything else. Basic weaknesses. They tax actions in one form or another, mm-hmm. whether it's paranoia, getting rid of all of your resources, by the way, the worst weakness possible for skids. Yes. <laughs> or amnesia, emptying your hand. Maybe it's a double action weakness that you need to clear from your or someone else's threat area. All of these weaknesses tax actions. And I would argue that rogues who have extra actions are the best place to kind of handle the rough and tumble of weaknesses. Yeah. So if I've had an amnesia empty my hand to skids, I might opt to take extra actions for the next couple of turns just to refill my hand. And within a couple of turns, skids can get ahead in the way that other investigators can't with drawing cards. Likewise, if I've suddenly lost a load of resources, obviously resources is a little bit harder to argue because you lose money using his ability to get more money. But yeah, I, want, I wonder if we should see rogues as the kind of maybe a slightly tougher faction when it comes to taking the hits of basic weaknesses. Yeah, I, and I must admit, my experience in Return to Dunwich with Skids, which is my most recent experience with Skids, he would be... I, I picked Ashley to go and handle during uh, The Last mm. King. Because you have the actions to do it. Because I've got the actions yeah. to do it, yeah. And and again, clearing you know, clearing Pete's nightmares, things like that. It was relatively easy for skids to do. Mm. Because I had so much resources, and resources translate into actions over a number of turns. Yeah, that's really nice. So I, I think that's maybe... Um, I don't hear that being spoken about very much, but the rogue on your team being the one who does all the mopping up and the kind of the dirty work. Yeah. It's it's support, but it's not support in the way we know it. The the, the one I thought about, uh, and I haven't tested this yet, and maybe especially for Tony, is the spooky skull. Decorated skull. It was so weird. I was going to mention that earlier. Go on. Tell me more. Well, I think it, it's maybe going to be in vogue for a couple of reasons. This latest cycle... We've got swarm enemies, mm-hmm. and from my memory, I haven't looked at the card in a while, and I'd need to check the rules for swarm. If you kill a swarm enemy, it gets you get a charge on the skull. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. even if so, a swarming swarm two enemy is three enemies. So that's three charges on your skull. Yeah. 
Tony's got extra actions rather than having those actions be a move, a pointless move or, or take a resource. It can be take a resource and a card. This feeds into what I was saying that you can be playing rogue and you just never have an empty hand. Yeah. And you're, you're never short on resources. And when it comes to then those huge plays, you're the one that can be relied on to have that. You know, my, I, again, it makes me want to track resource curves over a scenario because I think the graph that shows what Skids has done in terms of resources, or Preston is another good example, is just so dramatically different to the way a Guardian has paid for a gun, been in a bit of a resource hole, rebuilt, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things I've, I really like about Skids, I tell you what, I think out there there's a really cool thematic deck, which is almost like a heist deck. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's similar to, to Finn... Where you yeah, use a lot maybe, of maybe maybe running fence yeah. as well fence and payday that feels nice yeah yeah and actually we joke about it but you if you if you've taken the extra action on your turn you can use fence to play payday and get an extra resource from it so yeah. the extra t- action would have only cost you one resource yes and yeah. that that action could have been to do something productive anyway yeah. So you pay one and then, you know, the payday still pays you for the rest of the actions. I think that's quite nice. Yeah, if if the extra action that turn was an evade or something like that, and it's also generated you profit, yeah. it feels very nice. The other thing that's worth noting is that succeed by two as a mechanic is a mechanic that, like pickpocketing, incentivizes you to do big plays and rewards you for doing them. Or rather, it takes normal actions and it adds extra bonuses to those actions. So a quick thinking double or nothing test, if that's your extra action, might turn into another action or another couple of actions and the success kind of spirals out of control at that point. Yeah, and It's a style of play where it's like you're, you're either really winning or maybe you're <laughs> suddenly on a run of losing, which feels very gambly. Yeah. You push all your chips into the middle of the table, take some evasion test and manage to make some money from watch this and all of that kind of thing. And suddenly you're singing. Yeah, that feels really good. And I must admit, a card which I think doesn't have a great rep, I've seen some people pretty down on it, is the Tennessee Sour Mash. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I I like it. I think it's it's yeah, great. It's, it's, it's two guts in skids. It doesn't mm-hmm. use a hand slot, which is nice. Uh, so you play an action, and that action draws you two guts. And then you've got a combat boost as well. Yeah, for when you need it. Yeah, and I think that that's not a bad trade-off for three resources. But the upgraded rogue one, I think, is even nicer for skids, especially yeah, yeah, if you're running. Really good. If you're running fence, it comes into play for two resources fast. Yeah, it's plus three willpower. Is that right? Yeah, so you've got two. You know, plus Take the initiatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also that you get an extra damage on the attack when you finish with the bottle as well. Yeah, if there's a two health enemy, you're sick of pickpocketing. Yeah. <laughs> clonk them. So we've touched on cards that we think are good fits in skids. Are there any cards that you think are maybe trap cards for skids that you want to name? Uh, ooh, that's a tasty question. Have you got any while I think? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say for me, the trap would be doing the beat cop and then a guardian weapon that only gives you plus one combat. Yeah. Because at that point, you only actually end up at a five it's not quite where I want to be if I'm like a dedicated fighter. Yes. And then I find I start going, well, I'll add vicious blows. I'll add some overpowers. I'll add some more cards with icons just to 
try and be hitting regularly and that all adds up over the course of the scenario yes you pack your deck with combat icons and then you can't evade and and it falls apart i mean beat cop and a machete for instance is mm. seven resources already to just have those yeah. two in play yeah so that's yeah four extra actions essentially yeah it's, it's skids not running around and skids not paying off his hospital debts mm. Mm. so i found that if i want a weapon i want it to give me a big combat boost whether that's a Lupara coming into play with a plus two or even sleight of handing in something like a Derringer. Yes. Or what I'll find is that maybe I want to do damage through events and thinking then again that events can get expensive. You know, your backstabs can be expensive. So yeah. becoming really choosy about what events I run, how often I'm going to use them. Because if you put, say, two coup de gras, two sneak attack, two backstab in your deck, that's 14 cost of events just right there yeah which is like uh okay that's a lot that's seven extra actions gone you know so that that's also worth thinking about just that skids can generate a lot of resources but if you want lots of actions you maybe want to really work hard to push that cost curve down yeah for me the the what i would say is similar to what we said for other investigators is be careful not to use up too much of your deck making up for his poor willpower Oh yeah. This sort of feeds into the other topic we wanted to talk about today briefly, but mm. it's it's easy to, especially in someone like Finn who's got one willpower, who, if you want to make him okay at willpowering, <laughs> you need a lot of slots in your deck to do that. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it. I think it's better off to put a few cards in to handle the worst effects of willpower, uh, and then leave it at that. Yeah. I think Skids is a good example where you could have a couple of Take the Initiative, which is a great card because it can be a really good willpower boost, but it can also be a defensive card for for all sorts of other things. Or if you need a clutch evade or a clutch backstab, you can get those icons. Yeah. And then the other card I'm remembering is Say Your Prayers. <laughs> yes. Because when you need to survive... It's a classic Frank one-off yeah. Say Your Prayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I got that from the best. I got that from you, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky say your prayers. Because if you've taken a Rotting Remains, you're down to only three horror left. Yeah. The next Rotting Remains is going to be the end of you. So suddenly bumping up to six willpower, pretty tasty. Or just a shot of bourbon. Or just a shot of bourbon, yeah. that's It's nice. It's a nice way of, like you say, baking in a, a future card that you're going to commit into a card that you just get in play and you don't then have two guts sitting in your hand blocking your hand yeah yeah you've just got you've got the sour mash sitting in play ready oh, i want to go and play a rogue sour mash deck now <laughs> i like that card so much the other reason i'm very fond of it is at the expo when we built that fin deck on the fly yeah we had one card slot left and three xp and we were like i should just slide in the sour mash. <laughs> yeah it's really absolutely sweet. yeah it's like what else does fin have in his illicit bag oh yeah so uh, I think that more or less brings us to the end of talking about skids. Yeah. We've hinted at talking about something else we wanted to talk about in this episode around passing tests. But I think given how long the episode's gone, we're going to put a pin in that and we'll come back to it because it could be a really meaty discussion and it would be a shame to sort of add it on to the end here. Yes. But Peter, is there anything else you want to shout out now before we come to a close? Yes, we'll give another shout out to Nathan's event, which is happening in uh, his game store, Guardian Games in Portland, on the Great. 27th of October, 
I believe is the date. Oh, wow, it's getting close, yeah. Yes, yeah. that sounds like it's going to be a really good fun event. You can find information on Facebook. He set up an event page on Facebook. I think we put the link in a previous show notes, but I'll dig it out and put it in this one as well. Great. It sounds like a great day of playing Arkham. Yeah, and it's Arkham Knights US right now, so I hope that the people who are who have been at Arkham Knights have had a good time. It looks like it was incredible. Yeah. And if you haven't seen yet, there are Arkham Knights dates around Europe being announced. So I think go and look for Asmodee on Facebook or Fancy Flat Games on Facebook and you can find different dates. The UK one is the first weekend of November. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Peter and I can't make it. So if you go, let us know how it was. Yeah. We haven't forgotten about the competition. I also want to add. Entries have now closed for that and we need to do some judging and we'll do a, an episode where we have the results and talk about sending your loot. Remind us what the prizes are. The prize is a return to box of your choice. Fantastic. And, and I, that's it. <laughs> well, the by yeah. the same token folks are going to give us some tokens to give away with that as well. That is so cool. Because they're awesome. They're, they're new tokens. The Path to Carcosa tokens are gorgeous. Okay, cool. There's well, like little... Those. I think it's... The H word on one side and the man in the pallid mask on the other side. Oh, nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's really useful. You could use them to put on the different locations in Unspeakable Oath to remember that you've incited a riot and set a fire and things like that. Yeah. I, I like this idea of, of tokens for a campaign. I think it's a really mm. neat idea. And I, I was chatting to them about the, the cost to them of doing them, whether it's prohibitively expensive to produce some for a small set. But if you build, if you're making stuff on demand with laser cutters, it can become a bit more easy and more flexible to do things like that. That's good. Yeah, that makes sense. So we have to see some snake tokens, I guess, for Ooh, Forgotten yeah. Age. Is anyone replaying Forgotten Age? I suppose people might be now, now that the dust has settled. Yeah. But I guess we'll have the return to box announced at yeah. some point for it soon. Yeah, we may well. We may well. And just to finish then, if you finish got a kid's idea that we didn't mention. Do you get that, Sorry. Frank? Finish. Fin finish. We were talking about Finn. Yeah, but we were talking about skids. I know, but we just mentioned the skiddish then. <laughs> the skiddish. <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah. Do you think skids would be more popular if he was called Greasy O'Toole? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. He is kind of greasy. He's a bit of a grease man. Slippy. I think there's a depth. Slips. Slips O'Toole. Slips. <laughs> yeah, that's good as well. If you want to email us about your amazing O'Toole deck ideas, we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. We're also on Patreon. Our patrons are fantastic. The excitement around the Dream Eaters on our Discord has been wonderful. If you're a patron and you've not yet visited the Discord, come along. It's a really friendly place. And if you are thinking about becoming a patron, highly recommend it. It's a really fun <laughs> way to support the cast and talk more about this game that we love. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United Everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit and Discord with that name. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB, E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. So yeah, say hello. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you.